Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get the living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give them will become in them a spring of water, gushing up eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 14. Listen now for the word of the Lord. Finally, all of you, have unity of spirit, sympathy, love for one another, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing. It is for this that you were called, that you might inherit a blessing. For those who desire life and desire to see good days, let them keep their tongues from evil and their lips from speaking deceit. Let them turn away from evil and do good Let them seek peace and pursue it, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be intimidated. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning, John and Peter both deliver a message of what it is to love those who are different. Peter tells that everyone, even those that we share nothing in common with, are best given kindness. We can all kill off brokenness, injustice, cruelty, and loneliness with compassion. Now, similarly, John tells us the story of a Samaritan woman, a woman broken off from society who could use kindness and empathy. And she journeys to the well at an odd time of the day, only to find God sitting there. She was an outcast, a loner, someone not worth anyone's time. She wasn't Jewish. She wasn't married. She was pagan. She was a woman, and yet 
This woman was more priceless than anyone knew or had even bothered to find out. And Jesus took her by surprise. How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a Samaritan woman? Jesus saw something great in her. He saw a believer, a disciple, a preacher. We love stories like that. Stories where injustice is made to flee from compassion. Stories of heroes. And we all have our favorites. Superman, Wonder Woman, the Hulk, the Flash. They all fight for justice where there is injustice. They stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves. And they look deeper than the surface level. And sometimes they do so while risking everything. We also love seeing the underdogs win, too. Stories like The Breakfast Club, The Goonies, or Star Wars. They warm our hearts, and we well up with pride on the inside. See, books and movies, they affect us in ways that we often find beyond our control. Our hearts are lost to the characters as we begin to care for them as though they were real. We connect and we feel for them. We cry when a beloved character dies, and we feel frightened when a villain enters the scene, and we feel angry when they win. It can be unsettling to experience such emotions. Now, watching the news these days feels a lot like watching the beginning of an apocalyptic horror film. We read in our papers and watch on our screens the horrors that seem to belong to a different country, not this one. And when we want to, we put it down and we walk away to do something else, something that's more worth our time, something more satisfying. Now look at all that's happened, the terror, the rise in teen suicide, the airplane bombings, the shootings in our churches and in our schools, the rise in protests in the streets, and the awareness of brutality racism, sexism, and homophobia. It's sickening. But for whatever reason, our souls are not crushed. This is reality. With each shooting in this country, the shock value decreases. Is this the new normal? Why aren't we in tears when we see what is happening? Are we desensitized? Are we unable to empathize? Are we numb? Most of the people that we see on TV and read about in the papers, they are strangers to us. And because of that, we feel nothing. It's not a part of our immediate reality. And we even do the same thing with people that are right in front of us. A mother with her 10-year-old son walks into a grocery store. You're picking out a can of soup for your recipe that night when the child runs towards you and begins throwing all the cans on the ground, screaming and flailing. And the mother drops everything and she runs to the child, holding him on the floor, rocking him back and forth. All of her groceries and her purse it's strewn across the floor at the end of the aisle. And she doesn't scold this child. She doesn't even tell him 
stop crying. Most of us would see this as an annoyance. We would shake our heads, walk away, and question her mothering skills. But what we didn't see was that that child is autistic. This is the daily reality for this family. And we feel nothing. We do nothing. We don't even pause to help her gather her things because understanding what is happening is not something we even attempt. And many of us admittedly would keep walking past something that is different, awkward, or painful. We have our own things to worry about. As the saying goes, not my circus, not my monkeys. Why should we care? Why? Why should we care about the shootings that plague this country? Why should we care about the refugees that are fleeing violence? Why should we care about people that have nothing in common with us? You know, the truth is, even though we all walk very different paths and lead very different lives, we all know what it is to be that Samaritan woman sometimes. No one walks through this world so fortunate as to never know pain, loneliness, heartbreak, what it is to be left out, and what it is to hide. In this life, we've all been to a place that we wish never to return, and we've all been the person who has put someone else there at one time or another. It doesn't feel good to be avoided to be alone, to be picked last or passed over. It feels miserable. And we look at humanity and we wonder why we behave like such monsters sometimes. We all know what it feels like. Maybe not to the same degree as the person sitting next to us. But we all, we all have an understanding. So why is it so hard? for us to empathize. Perhaps it's too painful, it's too hard for us, too much for us to handle. I went to a conference two weeks ago in North Carolina. It's called the Wild Goose Festival. It focuses on peace, justice, hope, and love. There were people of every color gender identity, sexual orientation, age, and religious affiliation at this conference. Normality didn't exist there. I was very much out of my element. We gathered in the mountains, 3,300 of us, camping in tents, no phones, and no connection to the outside world. It was July 8th. I was sitting with a group of about 50 people waiting to hear a lecture. Then the speaker took the microphone. Our lecture will be canceled, and everyone is asked to report to the main stage to address this time of tragedy. We all looked at one another confused, and someone yelled, what tragedy? What happened? That's when we all heard about Dallas and Baton Rouge. To hear the news in that way, all feeling the weight of the world together, it was awful. 
And I turned to a friend and I said, what on earth do we do about this? He said, it's not what we do, it's why. We were all there in the woods, safely tucked away from the world. Why should we be made to care about something going on so far away? Looking around, I saw religious leaders of all faiths. There were rabbis, shamans, priests, Buddhist monks, Southern Baptists, atheists, the list goes on. And we all took a moment and we stood in silence and then we prayed. We were all so different, but all so the same. And for the first time, I realized that the labels that we have for one another, they no longer matter. In this moment, we are simply people. We are all family sharing this time together, even right here, right now. This, this is the kingdom of God. In each person that you meet, there is a piece of Christ within them. No matter what they look like, what they believe, or how they act, somewhere inside is Jesus. When Jesus sat at the well and saw this woman, this outcast, coming towards him, he saw something in her below the surface, something that most of us would ignore or avoid. When we look at one another, it's easy to see only the differences. When a Democrat and a Republican meet, a police officer and a marginalized person meet, when a wealthy and a poor person meets, how often do they mingle? We'd rather sling insults at each other, push our signs in each other's faces, yell over each other and pump our fists in the air for the causes that we believe and wave the flags that agree with us, then connect with one another. It's a challenge to carry Christ on our hearts. Why do what is hard when we could slide by on what is easy? Why look into the eyes of those that we avoid and try to find Christ there? Why? The simple answer may be, because we're Christian. But we all know that it goes much deeper than that. To Christ, nothing human is alien. The leper, tax collector, the widow, the orphan, the believer and the non-believer, they are all human and they are all children of God. God gives grace that we do not deserve. God blankets us in a love that destroys death. Christ's arms spread wide on that cross for everyone, for Gentiles and for Jews. Jesus died. When we look upon that cross, are we not moved? Are we not filled with empathy, with love, with gratitude and with a sickness derived from the suffering of Christ for us? When we see a friend, a stranger, someone like us or someone that we have little hope of relating to, we are called to be like Christ and to find Christ in that person. 
See, no one is all bad or all good. And as society, we all seem to be casting stones in different directions at those that we find no common ground with. But what if we took our stones and we put them away and we reached out with the intent to learn, love, and grow together? God begs of us to see the humanity in the humans around us. That means searching for the friend in the stranger. It means killing injustice with compassion. God hopes for us, loves us, and seeks the best in us. Let us also do these things for everyone we meet. Peter says to us today, all of you, have unity of spirit, sympathy, love for one another, a tender heart and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing. It is for this that you were called. Let us pray. God, be our anchor in the midst of turmoil. Be our healing spirit in times of brokenness. Be our love when we struggle to find it. Be our bravery to do what is right. Be the light within us that others may see you. Lord, help us to be Christians. Amen. The Lord be with you. Creating one. You chose first not to dwell in a temple or a church, but in a garden. We lift up to you the gardeners of our world who work with the land to bring forth food to feed people. For those who toil all day under hot sun. For those whose very survival depends on the survival of their crops. Connect us again with the land, O God and to those who work with the land. Take away our own sense of ourselves as consumers. Restore to us to community with the earth and community with our fellow creatures. For the earth is yours, O Lord, and all that is in it, the world and we who live in it. Reconciling Son, you came that we might have life. We pray for lives that are pained by disease. We pray for lives ended and broken by violence in Munich and wherever else violence takes place. We pray for lives not valued as you value them. For lives that are beginning and for lives that are ending. O oh Christ, whether we live or whether we die, we are yours. Mothering Spirit, you hover over the first waters, over the waters of the womb, and over the watery tears of abiding sorrow. Fall upon us as you do in the waters of baptism bringing us through death to new life.
Give us gifts of prophetic speech to dismantle systems of oppression. Give us open ears and hearts to hear the cries of the suffering. You, O Spirit, know the inmost heart, and you move according to your own whim. We trust that you continue to work in and through us even when we fail, even when we sin. Creator, Son, and Spirit, you are three dwelling in one perfect community, one God. Mold your people into a community that reflects your community, a community where love overflows into places of hate, where justice overflows into places that are unjust, where peace overflows into places of war, where repentance overflows into places of conceit. Break down the dams around us and within us, those that hold us back and hold back the waters of your justice and righteousness. Rain down your grace upon the earth, O God, and renew your creation with it. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who prays with us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another sermon from First Press.